Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk sheet. Recorded live. So we're going in process. Because these words are powerful. Uh, make sure it's out.
ambassadors, if you will. For the family has come upon us. Not because we're the eldest, not because, but because of who we are in the body of Christ. But you definitely feel change that has taken place. But what happens with that change is not just for us, because God has been bringing us through deeper mentally step by step into a place where we're supposed to be. For the you know that there's an outpouring of mantles coming. And the mandates for this season, and I don't like to say season, but for the time, the point of time, is upon Because there was a time when Elijah faced Elijah, and Elijah left, and the mantle dropped. And Elijah ran with that vision. Now, I want to tell you something. This is a big prophetic word for time. And that God has brought us into this place for such a time as this. We are the Esthers being released into the culture. And it is time for us to rise up and be who God calls us to be. We need to quit being selfish about our agenda and begin to be about your father's business. Because so much of the body is caught up with my vision. My goals, my plan. And I see that in the body, but that's the cultural Christian. That's not the Christian who has a call in his life to bring the kingdom of God to influence this world. Because the person who is involved in wanting to be a world changer is hooked up to the body. There's no such thing as a lone ranger. Well, God called me to be a businessman. Cool, but that businessman is connected to the place where the word of the Lord comes and then it's sent out. See, people have church as a place to receive teaching, and that's because for a long time the church was a teaching center, which was erroneous that God put up with the nonsense because the word was being taught. But what happened is that people have volumes of teaching. That's like everybody having a gun closet, but you're not proficient in each of the guns. That's like having a set of golf clubs, and each club representing a type of shot that you take, but you don't golf, except for at some point. God has called us to be proficient in the arena in which he's called us. Where does the knowledge for that come from? It comes through this it comes through the the voice of the apostle, pastor, teacher, evangelist. Are you catching what I'm saying? The Bible ministry. Where does that Bible ministry speak to you from? The local assembly. Because if you, I'm going to use a name because I, I, I love the way he teaches. I give the name a bunch of them. If I listen to too much Creflo, then I become and begin to assimilate his vision for his ministry. If I listen to too much Bill Johnson, I become mellow in my teaching. And I begin to expound the wonders of the kingdom, but then I don't become a kingdom chaser because I become more like the teacher than the person that God has called me to be. I hear what I'm saying. If I listen to a lot of Tony Evans, I may get prolific in the way that I teach, or P.D. James. But these are not my passages. 
the same thing happens to you if you give yourself to too much. Because I'm not one of these pastors that say, only listen to me, because I don't have a And I don't have a budget to invite them in at the moment. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's cool. Listen to them. But don't hook, don't, in other words, don't hit your wagon to their agenda because that's not your agenda. I hear what I'm saying. Your wagon hitched here. This is where you belong, and this is what we do. And I'm not, and I'm not lording over the sheep. I'm just saying sheep fold. This is where you receive, where you do what you do outside, and then come back. Now you hear what I'm saying? God has called me the bishop of your soul. So I ever talk to you and say, hey, you know you need to be at church on time? Then meet at church on time. Why is it that we give work a higher honor than we give church? Well, here is where you get the word of God, and over there is where the culture feeds you a little bit of money for your time. Now, I'm not diminishing the world of money. That's a good tool, especially in this culture. I understand it. But we got to play first things first. Because we call church church. Because this culture, the American culture, views church as an appendage, not the heart of this nation. Jesus Christ has to be the heartbeat of the nation. The heartbeat of the kingdom of God is Jesus Christ, the head of the church. I hear what I'm saying. Very few people can handle that because it's meat that chokes a lot of baby Christians. The baby Christian is the one that says church is not a priority. That means you got to grow up. Because, see, you have a role to play here that expands the fear of your influence outside. If you don't have influence and receive the influence of the, of the master here, you'll be weak out there. Now, this is coming out of the heart of God because this is also a prophetic mandate for you and me. Can you handle what's about to come your way? The Bible says you're more than a conqueror. Now, let me write, let me read something to you that, that um, the mantles are being poured out and the mandates for the times are being spoken where are you today get to church and listen to the bishop of your soul then go out armed and commissioned with the to the geographic to your geographical sphere of influence and conquer your life is not your own Lord, have me write that down and put it on Facebook and put it out. Yes, I will. Yes. Set it up on this side, and we can plug it in right there. We can move the table over. No, that's not written on the board. I'll, I'll take it. Well, I'll, I'll let you use my phone, and you can do that. But I, I had to put it down. Now, Yes, sir. Okay, I'll get into the teaching now, but that was a prophetic word. Ken, do you have something? <laughs> okay. Um, I was remembering um, the whole process of... I was being prepared for the funeral ahead of time. And um, days before, 
when I was, before I left for Missouri, my cousin told me that she had, uh, her daughter, who was a drug addict, gave birth to a drug addict baby, drug-addicted baby. Mm-hmm. And she said, I need to know what to do. Um, what about foster care? What about this? Do you know anybody who would take these kids? And, um, I, I searched a lot of things, and I, and I couldn't find an answer at that time. And so I went to Missouri with that, also with the fact that my dad was in the hospital. And uh, on the way back, I mean, you know, all kinds of things were happening. It was good. I was at peace there. I knew what I was supposed to do, you know. And the enemy came in, of course, you know. I almost missed my plane. I don't know if you guys know that. I, mm-hmm. I was at the door. The doors were shut. It said, plane departing. And I... My heart was beating fast. I thought, I'm going to pass out right here. That's it. You know, I'm going, Dad, I'm going to see you in a bit. You know? And uh, that's how it felt. And then, stop it. You know better than this. And I took authority. That's the main thing I did. I took authority. Stop it. I had to talk to myself. And I took authority over the situation. And I said, enemy, you have no authority here. And suddenly the lady came out and said, they're holding the plane for you. I got on the plane. And that, that was great. That was great. And, then I, and I got there and I thought, okay, all this is going on. Had to make a funeral plan. Bam, bam, bam. Mary's there at 9.30. <laughs> Mary doesn't start till, like, you'd have to be there till 11. Like, it's okay, I'll go to the chapel and pray. Did you make it to the chapel and pray? No, there's another service. Okay, there's another service there. So, uh, I... We got there, and the thing is, we went out. We went out to breakfast, Rissa, um, Annalisa, David, and I. And I thought, this is really weird. I'm on my way to my dad's funeral. You know, but there was an unusual piece that I did. I received that. I received it, boy. And when I got there, I just kind of, I knew I had to go into the chapel. And I opened the door. I didn't care. I just walked in with authority. And I go, um, I'm getting your dad ready. And I said, carry on, you know, go ahead. And then I walked into the chapel, and he's like, you're, you're okay about all this? And I said, I'm fine, honey, i got to do something. And so I walked in there, and I took authority. And I was kind of bummed because it was going to be um, a service that I was respecting my dad, you know, his wishes and, and his sister's wishes. They wanted a Catholic service. I was very respectful of this. And I went in there and I, and I took the story, you know, regardless of the situation, Father, I want you to be glorified. You have to be glorified in this. I can't see how it's going to be done. I could not see how that would be done. But it's okay, you know, because I know there's, there's going to be crying and uh, memories and, uh, you know, my sister went for the heart string size. You know, she loves that. I'm not into the drama. I, I'm not, you know. And um, I just took the Lord and went, I just had peace in there. And then this guy came up to me after, this young man that you, that's the little holy folk. And he, he came in there and he goes, are, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. And um, he even said, like, I'm not joking. Oh, that's not off color. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> David, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm really okay. I can handle it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was handled. So 
Then we're getting ready and uh
a picture of this baby that she is now taking into her home from the hospital. And this baby has a wonderful new beginning. The same thing with a drug addicted mom. And in that, so you, you guys gotta know something. My dad adores kids. He adores me. I mean, he just melts. You know, he just melts. He adores children. And I thought, what in the world? And with all this that happened, I had another cousin, my cousin David Martinez. He wrote me and said, Did you tell me where your church is? He said, I want to stop in. I, I need to spend more. What's going on? Then I had another cousin tell me the same thing. And then another cousin said, I want to hear more of the stuff that you read. Because it kind of blew us away. Well, did he get more of your life? Yeah. Did he have his way or what? What an honor to be used in that manner. And I thought, wow, because mm-hmm. I was kind of little that I wasn't there when my dad passed. But just a, just a little bit, because I had already settled that. But I thought, oh, what a way to glorify you. Because that's the main thing I wanted was to be glorified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, not my dad, my heavenly father. And uh, my dad knows what I'm talking about now. He knows it all. You know what it was? I had a mindset. Cool. I'm going to float today. I'm going to just be aware, be in, you know, talk to people individually. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they said, bam, you got you to do this. And it's like, what? I thought they were playing at first. Yeah. No, you got to do this. lady goes, you got to do this. You got to do that. We'll do anything. What do you need? And then little by little, they started taking everything away. And then we were going to have communion. And the girls were out there. I, said, I don't know what they did with the communion. <laughs> They absconded because, I, and I use that word on purpose because Catholics really believe in that that's really the body and blood of the Lord. And they said, bam. But it, it was good. The Lord had his way, and we also had, uh, you want prayer for the kid? I'm playing. I know what you want. And so, children, you are dismissed. Yes. Today we're going to talk about the map for the kingdom. And so we're going we're gonna to get into that. But you know what? That's why the Lord gave the prophetic word. And I hope that you, if you want the prophetic word, go to Talkshu and read it. This is a mandate. Now, as the children, Talkshu, because we don't, we're not recording anywhere except Talkshu. And so you go there and you can, you can get the prophetic word. But the other, I have my phone here and we'll copy something. We're, we're at a perfect time. There's chairs up front, some of the... Uh, Manny, are you ready to release youth, or are you going to have them stay here today? If you're ready for, are you ready? Youth, you are dismissed. 
And now there's room for, for more of the, uh, the uh, non-youth to come up. All right. Here's what we're going to do. And those of you young at heart, come up. Um, we've got a lot coming up. Uh, beginning of the year, I'm changing, restructuring our ministry. And um, I'm looking for... We're going we're gonna to restructure it because we're going to begin to... Listen, I'm going to ask you, those of you that see a... We're starting a production uh, company. We're going to start a production company because we want to put things on the air. Uh, like I said, I want to start doing some things on YouTube. Uh, uh, like I still have the idea of Ask Dad. Young people ask questions, and we give them honest answers. With a, Like Pam said, uh, she's used to, what is it that, that young man said, off-color humor? Pam said, she's, uh, she told me, don't worry about it. I'm used to that. I'm not kidding, but anyway. The young man. So anyway, what happens is we'll, we'll add an edge to it, but we're going to be doing that kind of stuff. But a production company, uh, Rick has got this thing going, and, and by law, certain monies have to go into a production company so that so they don't go. So we're going to set this up so that um, then we have the evangelistic portion going out of there. We also want to do the um, fishes and loaves to come out of there. We're Actually, we're setting up our home base. And so when the home base is set up, the Lord finally said, do it, first of the year, so we're getting it all set up. And so um, it is time for your part of ministry to be birthed. So if God has been speaking to you about doing something, then let's get, oh, the Learning Center, you know, Breath of God Learning Center, B, BGLC, and, and we're going to start our school. And, and it's not... It'll be, you know, when God, when God told Adam and Eve in the garden to be fruitful and multiply, he told them this garden is incomplete because it's perfect, but it's missing your touch. It's like I look at this house decorated, you can see Linda's touch. And you can see it. There's other, you know, Jesse Duplantis has a house with Corinthian poles and Corinthian columns and all that kind of stuff, gold trims. That's his touch. Sam and I like kind of like... Um, What's that man's name? Uh, well, um, the, the guy that, the, that has a place in Colorado Springs? Andrew Womack. He's got big, giant place, Andrew Womack. He's got, he's got cabins set up everywhere. Big cabins, little cabins. It all looks like it's just rustic. Mm-hmm. Oh, Billy Brim's another one. She's in the Ozarks. And so everybody's got their expression. Well, you do too. And it's time for your expression because not, we're not going to have carbon copies of David. Everybody has to have an expression. He said, be fruitful and multiply. It didn't mean just have a bunch of kids, but he said, be fruitful. In other words, productive and fruitful in what you do. So the, the garden needed that. Then when the garden finally had that, he said, go out and do what you've done in the garden all over the world. The mandate that Jesus said, go out and preach this gospel to every nation, every ethnicity. Did you know that every ethnicity has it? This is why, watch this. In the United States, they give expression to all the ethnicities. But what happens is they create legislative laws to try to govern everything, which if the heartbeat of the nation had God at its center like it did when it started, we wouldn't have to have laws to legislate the keeping of one's culture because everybody would know that God was first. And at the beginnings of the roots of our nation, that's how it was. 
But now we put people's feelings first, and we edge out God due to political correctness instead of biblical, uh, biblical correctness. And we've got to get back to having biblical correctness in the things that we do. But yet, what does that do? It embraces all. Uh, where do you think they got the e pluribusunum, which is out of many, one? Out of many, there's one body. Christ is the head. The expression of each person is honored and received as we honor him as the head. That's why he becomes first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What do you do? You seek that which is invisible to make a manifestation of the things that are desired and needed in the natural. It becomes a mandate to begin to seek the invisible, but you know how, by faith. But people yet... Well, let's go Romans chapter 1. We've got to start there, because here's what we've got to do. You know that if you're hooked up to your past, you'll never get into your future. But yet you want to build on the foundations of the past for those things that are good. So yet while you're trying to escape the gravitational pull of your past, there are things in your past, the successes, that have made you you. And I'm talking about getting rid of the hurts. See, so in the, one of the roadmaps to that, we're going to go to Romans chapter 1, because it's the past, reconciliation, redemption, which leads to the blessing. The blessing is what we need to operate in. But you can't operate in the blessing fully if you're hanging on to your past. That's why Jesus in the Lord's Prayer is the foundation for all of our, our going-ons. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, above all else, we lift up his name. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. In other words, that word there says, kingdom come now. That's how, it, that's how it's supposed to be. But everybody's turned it into the kingdom. And I will be down on earth as in heaven. You know, and you know what? There's no life. And you know what? I'd grown up knowing the Lord's Prayer before I even knew God. Because I was in church all the time. And so when I go visit all my relatives, I was in Catholic church. When I go visit, when my grandmother went, had us go, went to every Baptist, Mormon, Jehovah's Witness, everything that was, would take the kids away for a few hours from my house, my parents got us involved. So the bus would come pick us up, and there we were. You know, we even got to know a bunch of Russian Baptists. And the, the we look at us, how come this is upside down? Because it was all written in Russian. And, and we, you know, but that was, and not knowing God. And so we became professional Christ dodgers at the time. Because we didn't want God because of the way it was being purported. Yet when we got into some good old Southern Baptist churches, those guys can preach to sinners with fire and brimstone. And you didn't want to go to hell, so you answered the call. But, you know, all we would, the, the, it didn't take because we were going after life insurance and not God. You understand? That's what we were going. We were just, you know, we're going to hell. And that's all it was. And so my past was full of dysfunction. Everybody has dysfunction. Everybody can tell you stories of the past. But you know what? I, had to, I laugh at my past now. But there were, during the time I was going through it, it was hellacious. I didn't want to be home. That's why when I was 18, it wasn't because I wanted my freedom. It was I wanted to stay. And so, you know, this is how it went. So then reconciliation, see, the past shows nothing. You know what? We were hearing God's going to destroy you. You know, the Jehovah Witnesses showed me in the Bible how God's going to destroy us because we're sinners. You know, go to church, we're going to hell. You know, that, and then in Spanish, grew up Hispanic, partially Catholic and partially Baptist. God's going to punish you. You know what, man? I don't want God punishing me. So I try to do good. So every time something happened, I said, God, forgive me, man. I didn't want this to happen. I thought God was sending down damnation. So I was partially angry with God because he wouldn't let me have fun. You know what I'm kidding. But you know what? 
but but first chapter of Romans, and, and let's let's go into here. I want to read something to you because I had to really study this thing to find out what he was saying, because Paul was speaking to the system to the people here. And let's start with verse twenty one. No, let's go to verse twenty. I like this scripture. The first two chapters of Romans are always used by preachers to beat people over the head with. And it's not that. But he's correcting things. He's kind of setting things the way they're supposed to be. Now watch what it says. I like this. For ever since the creation of the world, the unseen things of him are clearly perceived, being understood by things that are made. His external power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, God doesn't, can I tell you something? God does not need the theologian to prove that he's there. Because Abraham was sitting there, he didn't need the theologians to tell him all, you know. And he didn't need a thinking head. He just looked up and called out to something that was beyond the stars. Because there were a lot of sun worshippers, star worshippers, and all this, and they worship creation. You understand that part. You have to understand this before I go on. And so Abraham said, hey, there's something that made all of the stuff I see I'm calling out to the unseen God. What's happening? God showed up. Gloria Copeland got saved. Said, God, if you're there, here's my life. Do something with it. And Jesus showed up. See, we get into a fixed prayer of salvation. Well, you have to include God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. That he was buried. And that he rose from the dead. Well, your justification, using words no one understands. Because we speak churchianity to them. You might as well be speaking to me in Mandarin Chinese when, with the way it came. You know, I, like, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know what you're saying. And so you reach people where they're at. But what's what it says? Because although they know God, they don't glorify him as God, nor are thankful. They become vain in their reasonings, and their stupid hearts are darkened. Professing to be wise, they became foolish. I like this, because you know what it does? It means that people get into vain arguments. How many of you know, have ever talked to Christians who know God, but they don't treat him as God? They bring them down to the level of creation. Now, that's what it says. I'll, I'll prove it to you. The Bible proves itself. They exchange the glory of an incorruptible God into the image of a corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. In other words, they make God out to be. They bring them, their understanding of God comes down to the level of understanding the brute beast and the instincts and begin to, what do they do? They come into reasonings and arguments about whether God is real and who he is. How many of people like that all the time? That people always want to argue about how God is. Why? You know what the number one reason why they want to argue? Because they don't want to commit to the one who created them, who put a call in their life, who says that you were bought with a price. That they're looking for ways to weasel out of saying, God, to you I'm committed first, 100%, because that's the kind of commitment God is looking for. He doesn't want a half in, half out believer. He wants you either hot or cold. Be good for something. Some people make it saying that cold is not good. No, the lukewarm is what's bad. Because cold is good for some things and hot is good for others. He says, what's your, what's your liking? Lukewarm is horrible. I mean, I, I like either iced coffee or hot coffee. I've just taken a cup of, you know, some of the coffee drinkers. Even tea is like that. Either have it hot or iced. But you get some tea that's kind of like, coffee that's just kind of like, because the iced coffee has to be made a certain way for it to be good. You just can't take regular hot coffee and put ice in it. You have to do some stuff to make it good. Now watch this. God is saying, be good for something. That's why, you know, what people say, well, I've got time, I work. So what? You have, 10, you have 10 minutes to pray in the morning? 10 minutes to pray at night? You have lunch hour to get in the Word. Put him first. But the thing is, we like putting ourselves first. You know why? God will understand. Bam, bring him down to our level. Why don't you rise up to his level? 
Either my ways are higher, join me. My thoughts are higher, join me. I'll, you know what, this, this, is, this, other script, this other point says, he says their senseless hearts are, are darkened. Because they, they did not acknowledge him as God, nor did they glorify him and thank him for all that was provided. So they became vain in their reasonings. In other words, they started arguing about who God was. That's why I don't enter that contest anymore. Do you believe that the word of God is 100% true? No, it was written by men. No, it was, it was breathed by the Holy Ghost into the hearts of men, and then they wrote down what God said. If you don't believe that right now, then we have nothing to talk about. I don't enter into those contests anymore. Because usually it's the heart of a man who does not want to submit to God. So what happens is they, be, they stay unconvinced that God is God. And then they just, you know what? We're extreme in what we believe. Because Jesus was extreme in what he believed. He took extreme actions to save you. He did. He trusted God. And you know what? Watch this. Let me, let me blow your mind. It had not been written that the devil would thrash him, that the devil would just haunt him at Gethsemane, that the devil would tempt him during this time of coming, you know, because he wasn't 12 no more. He said, where were you? Well, I'm out about my father's business. Sounds cute when you're 12. When you're your father's business as an adult, you get some grown-up attacks in your life. Some of us can't handle those things. So you know what we do? We stay ineffective because then we're not bothered. We, we'd, rather live God, we'd rather live for God on a hamster wheel, not really going anywhere, not really doing anything, but doing a lot of nothing. Pastor, that's not fair. Really? How much has the Church of Jesus Christ influence was going on in Washington? Nothing. Because when the, peop- the preachers show up, no one quakes anymore. The last time that happened was in the 80s. When the preachers show now when the Muslims show up, whoo, man, lay down the carpet at 5 o'clock, better give them time. When was the last time you asked God, you asked your employer, give me some time to work, um, to, to go worship? You have to fill out all kinds of paperwork. As a pastor, I fill out the paperwork to let people go so they can come to church on Sundays. If you work in retail, they won't hire you if you ask for Sunday off. That's why we cloak our kids with favor when they go work retail somewhere. And we're blown away when they get hired. Isn't that true, Julio? We're like, you got hired? Yep. Sunday's off? Yep. Thank you, Jesus. We don't, we don't turn around and say, thank you, the company. Thank you, Jesus. You open that door. But see, if we live in the realm of the only what's possible, instead of living by faith, then we'll always be limited by what the world tells you. And so... I have to start there because here's what happens. I'll stop there for a minute because I want to get this. John chapter 6. We're going to get rid of the past. How many know that the past is filled with betrayal? A lot of times we lead our life based upon how we were betrayed. Jesus had the ultimate betrayal because they, you know that some people say, 
Judas did. No, the other 11 didn't do anything to back him up. Back when I was growing up, you know what gangs seemed so appealing? Even though I never got into them because I didn't want to belong to anybody. You hear what I'm saying? I, don't, I, I, I love freedom too much. I don't want to get... Number one, why are you going to kick my butt to join you? That was the stupidest thing in the world. Right there shows the level of involvement in what goes on in a person's head. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll submit to six or seven guys just pummeling me. You know, I'll never go there. I was too intelligent for that nonsense. You know what? I, I'm, I'm serious. It was like one of the stupidest things ever. And so I thought, no. But you know what was good is that I've been to school before when someone hits me up and starts doing that, and then someone else shows up. And it's like, no, you don't do that because now you have problems with us. I've had that happen. But you know why? I might as well have been the, the Jewish lawyer writing out notes for the mob because they valued what I had because I used to write notes and help them with their homework and they give me $5. And so I was like, okay. So I had support. And, and so, but see, yeah, that's it, you know. And, 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 but what happened was it's good to have backup. So a lot of people, they leave out God because they don't see the invisible God on their side. And this is what happened here with Jesus. What John Because you know what? When they all, all 11 should have stood up, when the Romans showed up, Peter was the only one. He wasn't even a good fighter. He was a fisherman. Go to split someone's head and just knock off their ear. I mean, you know what? You might, have missed, might as well miss with them by a mile. Then Jesus, who you're backing up, he doesn't finish the job. He goes up and picks up his ear and heals him. He just dropped his sword and said, forget it. <laughs> and everybody scattered. Peter sat there and denied him. He was the most prolific. The others were hiding. Meanwhile, Jesus is going like, I'm by myself here. Because in John chapter 6, we begin to see this. Because, see, we have to get rid of our past. You know what? Never bring up anyone's past. Isn't that something how you don't remember algebra, but you can remember the date, the hour, the time, the climate of something I did wrong? Are you serious? You know, and this is what we do to each other. I remember when you did this. Because we choose to remember what we can remember. Because it becomes part of our arsenal to use when someone tries to hurt you. Now watch this. Go to John chapter 6. And Jesus was doing all kinds of miracles. He was telling it is I, don't be afraid, when he got scared when he was in the boat. And then uh, verse 26. He fed the multitudes with a miracle. And they came back to seek him. Now, I like this. He answered them. I'm going to get off of the thither and hither and thou and thee. I'm going to go to something a little easier for me. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, see, all the people <laughs> ran after him. I, I, watch this. They instinctively followed. Say instinct. Instinct. 
See, a lot of people aren't led by the Holy Ghost. They follow, they're led by their instincts. Now, there is a time to use your instincts. Now, sir, I'll get back to that today if I can. There was a dog that we have, and he ran out the, she ran out the gate. She never runs out of the gate, but sometimes she does, and then she plays catch me if you can. And so we were there, and she lifted up. Something was going on, and she lifted up the nose the, the, with her nose the gate, and she was off and running. And Mark was out there looking and said, I think all have ran out. And he was looking at her, and he think. And she was way down the street. And I go, oh, Lord, I don't want to get the car. I have to go get her. Because that's how you have to round her up. You use the car and, some, and another person, and then you finally coax her into the car. And, and she's, she's about that big. So I just said, the Lord said, call her like it's time to eat. Well, no, usually I have, not to eat. Usually when I have a snack for her, I stand at the door and I say, oh! Because her name is Olive, but I call her Oh. Oh! She comes running to the gate and to the door and sits down and I toss her something. And and uh, she goes way down the street. Oh! She goes, stop, looks around and says, oh! I mean, she ran so fast. And as she was running back to the house, Lord said, you better feed her too because then she won't believe you next time. I said, all right. She comes running in the gate. And then she, we always have this ritual. She sits down. I pour the food. She gives me a lick on the cheek and then she'll eat. And she's doing it. And, and she did that. Mark goes, why did she listen? I said, because she knew what she was going to get. That was instinct. And a lot of us operate out of that kind of instinct. You start comparing us with dogs, and I gave you a visual, so that, you know, I'm not comparing humanity with dogs. <laughs> I have to say that because I've used animal things before, and two people approach me, how dare you compare us to animals? I'm not comparing you to an animal. But anyway, Jesus said, they said, Rabbi, how'd you get here? Because they were running after him. I watch this. He said, too, I tell you, emphatically, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were completely satisfied. They, ch- they chased him because he was their welfare system. Now watch this. He says, don't work for food that perishes, but for food that lasts, to eternal life. Say eternal life. Eternal life. You know, eternal life is quality of life. Do you know that the things you do now all move towards eternal life? Everything you do. Everything you do. Now, some stuff is going to burn. Now, you know the things that we deem important today and the things that we think are important in our life today? You'd be surprised how much time we waste, and that stuff is going to be burned and will not mean anything as we move on to life. Sometimes we have our little pet thieves about stuff, and we hang on to them. They're going to burn. You're not going to care in the next life. Then stop caring now. Quit chasing stuff that dies. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Stuff that changes. I have, to stop. I have to stop that stuff. I, you know, sometimes I turn into an old man and I start complaining about stuff. I have to stop. Now watch this. Stop food for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because the Father has set a seal on him. And that's something he knew his mission. Not because God set a seal. Jesus has already promised that he will give you the, everything that you need for life and godliness. Amen? And he said, quit chasing. I'll give it to you. Because God has set a seal upon me. What does that mean? He's given me a mission and a commission to be who I'm to be. Can I tell you something? Does it now, at that moment, did it appear that he was going to be who he was supposed to be? Did, did he suffer things at that time yet that he was going to suffer as he went to the cross? No. But he knew who he was. See, some of us, like Joseph. Now, Joseph had a dream. Amen? Joseph had a dream. And he said, I'm going to rule. I'm going to save you guys at some point. Brother said, the heck you are. Threw him in a hole. Left them for dead. Caravan came, a bunch of strangers and wanderers, some nomadic tribes, and, and guess what? They picked them up and took them. 
But they didn't say, hey, we found some kids. No, they said, we found a kid. Let's use him as a slave. And they took him because they wanted to sell him. Now, how many know his trip took him to jail, took him to Potiphar's house, took him all And you can teach all kinds of stuff out of that, but his trip took him somewhere because of what he was to be. Now, some people argue that it was his own big mouth that got him in trouble. But yet, when he was in jail, he told the guy, hey, man, get me out. I'm not supposed to be here. We, can't, we had favor. You're getting out. Get me out. Guess what? When he was in jail, he stayed there a little longer. Why? Because the time had to be right for him to be who he was supposed to be. By the time he was 30, he was premier of a heathen city, and nothing got done except it went through him. Basically, he was running things for the king. And he influenced even the ways that they would handle the famine as it came up. He was 30 years old, and God gave him the wisdom of the ages to be who he was supposed to be. Some of us, on our way to getting to where we want to be, get angry at our past, Hey, man, we're reconciled, man. This is supposed to not happen, man. What's going on? Every time I get something, God wants it all. You know, shut up. We're only talking 10%. You know what? Quit dictating how you give the 10% and roll it out. Can I get honest, real honest? There's people who give 10%, but they dictate how they're going to give their 10%. Let me say, I'll use 5% to take our pastor out to dinner and I'll buy him tires and... You know, no, 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 no. You roll out the 10% the way it's supposed to be because it's God. If God drops in your heart to give something away, listen, I'm not saying that because, oh, David just wants to tithe. No, listen, listen carefully. We don't understand the expenses that are involved. But what happens is, and especially in this change we're going to be making, everybody's got their hands out because you can't even get free advice anymore. Oh, it's going to cost you $499 to get this advice you want. You know, I left the guy because he didn't want to even tell me what his business was about. And that's why you're sitting here in Levi's white socks and old tennis shoes because you're chasing business away. I got out quick as I could. And, and uh, actually, you judging the way he was. Yeah, I did. He looked like a pauper trying to get something for nothing. And I wasn't about to give him $2 just to give me some information. All I wanted to know is how the government can get involved in the type of setup that we're going after. You want to give me that info? Well, you can go across the street to the library. I'm willing to pay you, dude. I just wanted to see if you're the right one. I thought he was the wrong one. But anyway, there are a lot of people that are trying to dictate to God how you're going to live their life. You make up your mind now, you're going to do it God's way. You know, and, 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 and I, Pastor, why are you saying this? Because I want you to prosper. Because in this kingdom, the kingdom economy has everything to do with releasing the tithes, but then going beyond the tithe. Can I tell you something? It's the truth in every aspect of life. I've been, in, I've been in business for years. And you know what I used to hate? When someone wanted to raise just for showing up. No, you're getting paid what I'm paying you to do what you do now. Well, how do I get a raise? Do more and show me that you're hungry for more. Now watch this. What happens with the kingdom of God? The Bible says that you have to come poor in spirit. How? I'm starving for everything you got, God. But we don't come that way anymore. But we satisfy ourselves with what the job does. We satisfy ourselves with what the TV does. We satisfy ourselves in any other aspect. But when you get to church, you're not hungry. You don't even want to hear orders from headquarters because you know what? Oh, yeah. You know, just because you feed yourself at home doesn't mean that you don't come hungry here. Because what I got, and you know what? Listen, can I tell you something? If what I'm saying is a confirming word to you, it's because you're still not doing what you're supposed to do. So God refries it and gives it back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm hearing from the Holy Ghost what has to be done. Now, see, what happens, don't work for that food. He says, uh, says, what's this? He said, what what must we perform? I like that word. To do 
God's work. Jesus answered him, the work of God is to believe in the one who he sent. Now, what is it, that word believe? I'm going to just outline this thing. He said to give yourself fully. If, you, if I'm God, then you need to walk with me as though I'm God. And watch. You say, no, he didn't say that. Watch what he said. So they asked him, what sign are you going to do that we may believe in you? And what actions are you performing? Jesus is going, like, what the heck? He said, man, our ancestors, you know what? If you, if you think he just used, multiply the loaves and fishes, give us another sign. Now watch this. That's like disputing. They didn't want to believe. So they said, do it again. You understand? You follow what I'm saying? And, and, and so that's going back to your mind being darkened and giving yourself into a stupid mentality. I, you know what? When, he, when I read that out of Paul, Paul was pretty blunt, wasn't he? He said, you know what? You're following your stupid heart. When I read that, I'm thinking, what the heck? I went back and read it. And sure did. I greeted it out. That word that was stupid, the word that said stupid is exactly what he said. King James lessened it, said senseless. So I went back to look, and yeah, the, 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 the Young's Literal Translation and, and the, the uh, Vincent's, they, these guys laid it out, and it was true. Watch, he said, but this is the work of God to believe. Watch, he says, our ancestors ate man in the wilderness, just as it's written. In other words, there was a miracle there. It's like seeing a magician saw someone in half. Well, I know what that's all about. Watch. But that's what they were thinking. Because they weren't thinking of him as God. They were thinking of him as someone who was fancy. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? They were denying who he was. And he, Jesus said, truly, I tell you emphatically, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. See, in other words, it didn't come from a man. Because this is what they were doing. They were equating the works of Jesus to a man. Watch what he's doing. He said, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread, of, the bread of God is the one who comes from heaven and gives life to the world. So he said, give us this bread all the time. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In other words, you give your life to me 100%, you'll have everything you need. Now watch this. This is my Father's will that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him should have eternal life and I'll raise him up on last day. The Jewish leaders began to grumble. He said, why? That wasn't a miracle. It wasn't anything. He said, because I'm the bread of life and not from heaven. Now, can you imagine this? What does the Bible call you? He calls you the light of the world as well. You know why? He says, don't hide yourself under a lamp. You know what else he calls you? You possess the bread of life. Why are we messing around? Not being who God called us to be in our, in our, in our sphere of influence. Because we're full of fear. Or we're full of our own agenda. Now watch this. This is, this is important. They kept saying, this is Jesus, son of Joseph. In other words, now they're equating him. You know what? Oh, that's David. I've known him for a long time. Yes, it's me. I have my expressions, my ways, and I'm imperfect. I fall down, but I fall forward. That's it. Now, if you know me based on that, then you're not looking beyond what God has called you to look at. Because when I'm here and I'm giving you the word, I'm no longer, I'm Pastor David. That's why the youngsters, they, they all say, Pastor David, Pastor, do you know what? We're, we're not in church. Call me David. Call me Papa. Whatever it is you want to call me. Just don't. Right now, I am your pastor, but you know we're just carrying on here. I'm barbecuing. Don't say, Pastor David, give me two hamburgers. David, give me two hamburgers. I'm Chef David at that moment. You want to call me Chef and say, yes, sir, Chef? Okay, but that, you know, other than that. You know, just, if you don't give me a title, then when I'm cooking burgers, call me chef. But otherwise, you know why? Because I, I despise titles. But God, if God called, you know, I'm not signing my Facebook things apostle. I'm not signing them pastor. I just, if you notice, I'm just saying, 
Why? Because it's not, you know what? If you call me apostle, that's good because you recognize it. But if you don't, that's fine too. I don't get trippy. Yesterday I heard on the news, being so, so odd, I could tell that this person might not have liked him. And Mr. Obama said this today, but I'm saying, wait, wait, Mr. Obama? What about President Obama? We have to respect the office. Now you say, well, what about you? Do I respect the office? Right now, I'm standing in that office. And call me Pastor David. And if you sleep and call me David, I'm on a trip. There's a people, Mr. Rosales. There's someone I speak to on the phone. Mr. Rosales? Yeah, I know I talked to you and Mrs. Rosales. Let's call me David. Okay, Mr. Rosales. Uh, now I've got to stop it. Now watch. Is this Jesus, son of Joseph? All of a sudden, he was the son of Joseph. And Jesus says, shut up. Stop grumbling among yourselves. I love that when Jesus can perceive their thoughts. I don't get as bold as Jesus when I can perceive your thoughts. Because when I'm moving in the Holy Ghost, I perceive thoughts. I really can. And the kids found out that Pam and I could see walls. That's a whole other thing. No one can come to me. That's a parent's anointing. If you really take full advantage of that anointing, you'll know what your kids are doing a lot. No access. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I'll raise him up on that day. In other words, all you are here because God drew you. Now watch this. It is written in the prophets, and all of them will be taught of God, and everyone who's listened to the Father has learned that anything comes to me. Not anyone who has seen the Father except the one who comes from God. This is the one who has seen the Father. In other words, he's saying, those of you that God sent, you know who I am. Those of you that don't know who I am, it's because the Father didn't send you. He was insulting the crowd. He was telling the Pharisees, you guys aren't from God. Because you don't know who I am. Isn't that amazing? Jesus, some people say, well, sarcasm is mean. Jesus used sarcasm a whole lot. He did. He said, matter of fact, you are, you are of your father the devil. Because I'm from above, and these that see me are here from above. But you don't know me, so you are from below. Your father's the devil. Imagine telling all the priests and Pharisees that stuff. They, they wanted to kill him, but it wasn't his time. So the Holy Ghost protected him and he got through the crowd. I know what it's about to be protected because we I used to go with this guy in deep gang territory. And I've seen it when God holds your arms down because they're like, are you bringing this white God to us? It's like, come on, you're Mexicans and you're saying, white God. But anyway, you're a white God to us. And then, you know, lawfully you're white too, buddy, so shut up. But anyway, now, but, but what happened, here they come. And they held their hands down. And he put his face right next to him and said, you can't move, huh? That's because Jesus, remember his name, is holding your arms down, and you can't do anything to me while we win all your homies to Jesus. I couldn't move. I wanted to run, but I was learning how to speak. This guy was, he win people to Jesus. Powerful, powerful testimony. And eventually that guy gave his life to Jesus because he, he, he had to submit to the power that was greater than his. But he put his face, I mean, just invaded his face. And he was right there and putting his face right next to his ear. You know why? And I'm going like, man, this guy is wild. Those are the kind of people Pam and I ran with when we were, when we were younger. Those are the people who trained, trained us in evangelism. And now it was wild because, see, he was telling them, he said, I tell you emphatic, he who believes in me has eternal life. I'm the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes out from heaven so that a person may eat and not die. Now, what happened at that moment? Everybody turned around and said, this guy is more than we can preach. He said, you want, you want to, you got to eat my, my body and drink my blood. You know what he's saying? You got to eat and drink and live Jesus. You got to follow my school of thought because that's what Jesus did is he created a school of thought because that's what the culture was. You know, when people say, 
oh, you know what, we don't use TV because, you know, the, the, the Bible is not culturally revel, relevant. Come on, stupid. Jesus used the school of thought of the day. He did what Socrates is doing, and he did what Apollos did. He did all of these people who were reached. They all had schools of thought and drew disciples unto themselves. Jesus used the same method to reach the people. So if you've got somebody who wants to make movies for God, they're not satanic. They're using what the culture already wants, a different type of – you know that the media, arts and, entertain, and entertainment, the media is the most powerful mountain of influence that there is. And you know, I don't care how mad the Baptists get, they, won't, they, don't get you, they don't keep people from going to Disneyland. They don't keep people from going to movies. And they don't keep people from eating at McDonald's. I don't care if they tell you the grease is poisoned, those darn fries are really good. Because everybody tried to do, what do they want? They get the guy that's at the top. Their fries will kill you. They're trans fat. We're not using trans fat anymore. People come back. No, let me, <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. True story. There was a restaurant called Ho-Ho's, and they, they pretty much invented one scoop, a dollar a scoop. And that place had lines going out, out the place. Chinese food was just, everybody was going after it. And we went to this place. It was in Colorado. And we went out there, and they would pour. Lo and behold, they get busted because they're serving dog and cat. And everybody was going, oh, and they go in there and clean up their act. And they put an open sign back up there. Bam, everybody's there again. They were lined up. They said, you know what? I don't care for a dog and cat. I didn't die. I didn't get sick. And, you know, what these people would say. True story, David? They would line up, and they were there. And then, bam, they got busted again for serving dog and cat. They clean up everything, get everything mopped up, get everything in the city, let them open up again. Bam, guess what? Everybody, and then probably about three times it happened that, in our, that we know of. The place was packed. Yeah, all the time. Oh, yeah, there were neighborhoods and no, no more wandering cats. It was just, and we, we, after a while, after a while, we just said, you know, it was like that dog and cat sanctified or something because everybody kept going back and, no, you know, no more sick and dying. Now, what's this? People, what's this? People, humanity will always follow, what's this? Whatever they want according to what, what, what their tastes are. Jesus comes and says, to live for me, it means sacrifice. It's not like I can get three scoops for a buck, plus rice and chow mein. It's follow me, it costs everything. So you know what the disciples, and I mean, everybody left him. What an ultimate betrayal. So those that followed him and said, I am, I am the I am. I'm the bread of life. You want to be the bread of life? You never want to go hungry again? Then you've got to follow me. You know what they did? They followed what was easier. Just like the people who went to Ho-Ho's. For three bucks, they could eat like kings. They didn't care. And guess what? They opened another restaurant in another city. And everybody followed them. Two soy pan? And everybody said, so what? We didn't die. That's their culture. Let's join their culture. Now watch this. But the words of eternal life came to those and he was betrayed, by every, and he looked at the 12, and he said, are you going to leave too? He said, you have the words that lead to eternal life. We might not know what it all means, but you've got something in here that says, I know who you are. Well, follow. We've got nowhere else to go. Plus, watch this. I love this statement. Plus, we've got nowhere else to go. So we gave it all up to follow you. How many here can say that in your own ideologies, ideologies, 
you know what? I'm, I have to say it correctly. I always correct myself. I get I, I get pet peeve for little things. You know, it's not data; it's data. Okay, those don't, don't give me that. I'm playing. But what happens is, the own ideologies. You have to lay them down. Some of us don't lay down our ideologies because we're still in Romans one, where my ideas are what counts. Nope. Those things that lead to eternal life have to count, which means it's all or nothing. When the when the going gets tough, can we say, shoot, we got to stay because we gave it all up to come to you? You know, Pam and I, come hell or high water, we made up our minds that that's what it is. Because can I tell you something? Someone says, I got approached. Do you really believe that God can speak to people? Do you really believe in all the miracles and stuff that's going on in Bethel? It's just too late. I've seen them. Do you really believe Benny Hinn, the people get healed? Too late. I've seen them. Well, it was the people's faith. It wasn't Benny Hinn. Amen. I agree with you. Benny Hinn doesn't heal. Can I want to know secret? Shh. Jesus didn't heal either. He said, it's the Father in me who does the work. Amen. So when we come to do the Father's labor, it's God working in us the way he worked in Jesus. So get off the cross, let yourself off the hook, and begin to follow him. But you've got to sell out. See, this is what's gonna, what it's going to take in this time is a sell out to the things of God. This is why the past is so important to let go of because Matthew, John chapter 6, 7 and 8 are my favorites because Jesus contends with humanity but he gives you reasons to believe. But here's what we do. I, I got hurt at church too much, so I just don't give my life anymore because, you know, I got to do this, and I just got to move forward. Can I tell you something? Either we move forward together or we don't move. What if to this point everything in our life was Joseph until now that we're going to be put in the, in the front of everything that God has called us to do? Did you know that there was a prophetic man? Well, I'll just tell you. Sean Bowles is a truly prophetic individual, powerfully prophetic individual. Uh, Manny and I got to meet him in, way back when, when these guys were still commanding 25 and 30 people in their meetings. We got to talk to him, powerful guy. Well, he said his parents, uh, parents of, it was his parents, who had worked with military people all of their lives, and they were living the American life, and they were believers, but then they they had words spoken to them about what they were going to do. And God was waiting for the opportune time. And he said, now that you're finished with, your, with the people that you're doing this with, in other words, they're, they're, he didn't say it, but it sounded like they were coming to a place of retirement. God is going to fulfill everything, and he wants you to move to the Pacific Northwest to accomplish what God has done. They had a huge ministry in their retirement years. Lester Summerall did not have much of a ministry because he was a missionary. They wanted to retire him at age 63. At age 63, he opened his church in South Bend, Indiana, was the very first man to have a Christian television station and network that he owned out of his ministry. The first. It wasn't Paul and Jan. It wasn't um, Jim Baker. It was him. He was already reaching all of the United States. But because he wasn't one of these pastors that blows his own horn, he didn't do that. But he had this huge ministry. He was, he was old when he just went on to heaven. But he was preaching and teaching. He said, they asked him about retirement. And he goes, I don't retire. My denomination wanted to retire me. So I got I told him, go away. He was a forceful man, too. It wasn't like he was just, he, he was a forceful man, individual. So I could just imagine what he told them. And, and he told them, no, listen, he cast out devils out of people. And then they said, you know, these people don't even know they could do this themselves. A four-year-old could do what I'm doing if they knew what they can do. But he, this man, no, he, he, I've seen him, I, again, it's too late. I've seen him operate. 
And I was, I was just a lowly youth pastor back in the day, so I didn't get all the heat that all the other pastors got from him. What are you doing for God? No, you're doing that for your congregation. No, you're doing it for him. I'm thinking, oh, my God. And he just tell, and then the elevator doors are closed, and lead all the guys are going to the, and the, our pastor said that everybody put away their towels and went to the rooms to go study. They didn't go to the pool because they were going to go swim and sit out by the pool. You know what that tells me? Watch this. Listen carefully. If you're already doing what you're supposed to be doing, I would have kept going to the pool. I learned a valuable lesson as a kid. Pam and I both did. I had a pastor one time asking, who's faithful? Everybody's going, well, the whole time. When he got to me, I'm going like, dude, I haven't missed a meeting. I go straight out of work. I mean, you know, Pam and I are here all the time. Boring prayer meetings, we're here. Hot. Hades, and we're still here. And I thought, he's asking this question. We're sitting in the classroom. No, because prayer meetings are crazy. They, they were good, but it got to the place where you got, you know, 30 people praying. You don't run out of things to pray. Pretty soon people were thanking God for butterflies and bullfrogs. You know what I mean? It was just really crazy. And Pam, it would get to Pam. Watch this. Pam's the same. She's always been the same. She goes, Lord, everybody already said everything. So I say the amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. I mean, could you imagine? It's like, that's all they said. And they would say prayers like, you know, God of the heavens, God of the universe, we bless thee. I mean, come on. You know, but that's the kind of stuff. We were new. So were the other people. They didn't know. And we're all sitting there. And so he asked, he finally came to me and said, are you faithful? And I said, yes. That's right is what I've been looking for. He is the only one. And, was, uh, and I thought, well, I guess I got the right answer. But I also analyzed afterwards. Is it because I knew I was faithful, I was faithful. If those pastors in the elevator had already known they were faithful, they would have answered correctly and it wouldn't have been a problem. But these guys went into condemnation. And then they tried to cast out a devil and it didn't work. So they put, they put the girl in a limo waiting for him. He was walking. He got mildly annoyed because on his way in to go preach. They told me there's a girl that's full of a devil. And he looked at him and said, what are you guys doing? They all thought, you know, well, she kicked us because she did. She kicked the family jewels. The guys would be on the ground. Nobody wanted to be kicked by her anymore. So we carried her writhing and everything into the car and put her down. And he stuck his hand in her. Devil! And he just yelled. That's, you know where the expression that the devil's not deaf came from? From him. And he just told him because he, well, he ain't nervous either. So he stuck his hand in her. The girl just went limp. Just bring her in, boys, put her in the front row and tell her what happened to her. And that's all it took. That's the same service. David got a new heart. Because his heart was, had a murmur, huh? And they said, who needs a new heart? The anointing came on, his hair was straight on in. It's too late to tell me that this stuff doesn't work and it doesn't exist. I've seen it. Why doesn't it happen to everyone? Watch this. Because we don't have watchmen on the wall that have the commitment that it's all or nothing. That's why sometimes your prayers aren't answered. That's why sometimes you're ineffective and fruitless in the things that you do. Where's your fruit? It's because you always have a plan B and a way out. Can I tell you something? We're having some days that are coming up where, you, where the ones that are loyal and the ones that are coming, they can't wait to get here. They'll be here early. They want a front row seat because of what God is doing. Pam and I have been in those kind of revivals where we don't want to miss what God is doing. We've been in church where we don't want to miss what God is doing. We've been in church where it's too wild for our guests and we're embarrassed because of the things that are around. You know, no, it's, it's just, but you know what? In the midst, of, there were more right on days and crazy days. When I was in Billy Brim, you know what just felt so good? It's the glory of God was there. People couldn't contain it. They, one of the girls even took off running. You know what? I wasn't offended because some people move. That's, just, that's their expression. Why should I get him? You know what? Everyone has crazy uncles or crazy aunts. 
Everybody, you know that's the truth. You already know. They get two drinks in them, and now they're crying, or they're arguing, and they're loud. My mom's family is real loud. still have one of my aunts that's real loud. But we already know. We had a, my, my, my dad had crazy uncles. And so we all do. Can I tell you something? In this family, we have crazy uncles. We have crazy brothers and sisters that they'll express themselves in certain ways. That's fine. Can I tell you something? I can't wait to see what God's about to do. But can I tell you something? Be the watchman on the wall. Be man your post and be loyal. The second part here is, is reconciliation. Okay, we're about to close. Reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5.17. What happens? How do, you, how do you free yourself of your past? I've got to answer that to move on to reconciliation because we're going to take one at a time. How do we get to reconciliation? The Bible says, what does it say? What's it say? 17. 5, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Well, it wasn't recon like going searching things out. That's, that's, that doesn't come until after we're operating in the blessing because as part of the RBIs, we recruit, we build, and we increase. Not rotten is batted in, but it can be. He's like, hey man, what's your? Let me ask you. I ask, I ask the kiddos all the time, what's your soul goal today? What's your soul goal? So, how many are you winning to God today? No, but when was the last time you brought in a soul? So that's what we're called to do: is bring in souls to, he- to the kingdom. You know, if you don't know what to say, bring them to church. We'll get them saved in here. Five seventeen. Who's got it? That's right. How many things passed away? All things. You know, you know that this scripture is emphatic throughout your whole life? Let me say that again. This scripture is an emphatic scripture your whole life. And what, what, is, what does the beginning of verse 18 say? Now all things are of God. You know that as soon as you let go of your past, then all things concerning you become of God. I remember when the Lord showed me that. I said, really? If I let go of my past, all things about me can be of God? Sign me up. I'm going to let go of my past. I did. You know what? I had a lot of stuff to talk about the past. I told Pam some things that are just crazy, stuff that we went through when we were young. Crazy stuff. Now, she's got a lot of craziness to share, too. You, if you just, we sit down and write a book, we'll make a lot of money. I can do a sitcom about my family life. Make Stanford and Son look like they were mild, you know? All in the family, mellow. Pam could, too. <laughs> But for what? You've got to leave the past behind. When is the past? Watch this. If I turn around, I'm going to use this because, because I can apologize later. Hey, stupid, stand up and read. Now, no, no. Now, he can become extremely offended. But if I say, I'm sorry, forgive me. That's the past. Now, watch this. You might say that's no fair. Watch this. That's cruel. That's okay. I'm sorry, Mijo. Lord, forgive me. Guess what? I stand before God as I've not done anything. He turned around and said, that's not fair. Wait, let go of your past too. Move on. If you're offended, don't do anything for God. Leave your gifts at the altar. What's your gift? Bring in your life. See, a lot of people say, what can I bring him? No, the gift of your life. Because he gave you the gift of his life. Oh, wow, pastor, you're putting it down. Yes, I am. So many times, we're in, can I tell you something? Quit being more in love with the culture. Because that's what causes you not to bring Jesus into the culture because you love the culture so much you don't want it to change. The influence of the culture that is Christ needs to invade that culture, not destroy it. 
Watch this. Listen carefully. I want you to listen very, very carefully. Jesus, you know where Gene Roddenberry got the idea of the prime directive? Even though he was a, 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 a supposed atheist? You know where he got that from? From what Jesus did when he visited our planet. Notice how I'm, how I'm doing it? He saw Jesus as an otherworldly character who came to our planet not to disrupt the culture, but to enter it and influence the culture. You've got to be a Star Trek fan to understand. Because they came, they would visit other planets to better it, but not to change the culture. But they would come to give the betterment of what humanity, because you know that what they get criticized a lot is that Earth, why are aliens always looked upon as ugly? And we're all the good-looking people. It's because we're human. We're God's creation. What are aliens? That is set for part of the school of the Bible. And I'll share all that stuff. Because that one, then I can get into some deep stuff with you. That was just a teaser. So watch this. Watch this, though. How do we invade the, cult, the culture? You bring Jesus into that culture. Then what's, what, what begins to happen? God begins to weave through that culture. And what happens? God becomes manifest through the expression of the culture that you're reaching. Because they might be subcultures. Watch this. Victory Outreach is a perfect example of that. We're redeemed cholos. My personal belief is that if you used to run a crime syndicate, then get out of what used to be part of your life. Because sometimes you still run the car through their car washes and you better put away your valuables. Because when the old man acts up in there, it acts up different than the way you and I act up. And I'll say that one again. See, you don't want to go back to mainline heroin when you backslide. They come out of a different culture. So my point is get you completely out of the culture that used to be. But not only that, but they invaded in Christ. You know what? When you go in Victory Outreach churches and they're on fire for God, they express themselves way different. That's why I was getting into all the songs that they were singing. Hello, Larissa. Like New Hope? God's not dead. He's still alive. And you know what? You get your groove on with those kind of songs. Even non-dancers start to dance in those when those songs are being played. Tell you what, and, and it's awesome because there's an excitement in the Holy Ghost through their expression. Well, I don't believe the Holy Ghost moves like that. Not through you. Your expression is to be subdued. And if you're subdued, can I tell you something? If you see someone that's subdued, don't drag them out into the dance floor. Because they ain't going to dance. They don't dance at your wedding. So they're not going to dance at church. You understand? <laughs> now, I, now, check this out. I'm not much of a going out there and dancing in church. But I can tell you what. When Eddie James began to speak and we were singing and we were caught up in the Holy Ghost, I moved my feet. And I, did, and I was a fool for Christ. Man, he did too. Good thing it wasn't on film. But the Holy Ghost, wasn't the Holy Ghost in that place? It was? Well, did, did they, did, did, were you visible dancing? I see. I don't know if I was, but, 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 the, but the presence of God was there. And watch this. When the Holy Ghost shows up, you start getting a little drunk in the Holy Ghost, inhibitions come down. Why? Because you begin to get drunk in the Holy Ghost by the Spirit. You do things that you normally won't do. You say things you normally won't say. How many here have ever been talking to someone about God and then you're blown away of all the stuff that was in you? Wow, I didn't know I knew all that. 
Man, I was ready to take notes to myself. How many have ever said stuff like that? Because this is the revelation. You start talking to people about God, and you think, oh, my God. But see, reconciliation means you let go of your past. Matthew 6.18 says that when Peter finally said, Jesus, you're the one, guess what he had? He was given keys to the kingdom of God. Keys of the kingdom and those things that cause you to move into the kingdom are released to those who release their past. Why were the disciples candidates? Because they left all to follow him. Does that mean I have to quit my job? No, it doesn't mean you have to quit your job, but you give your whole life to Jesus. So I'm yours. Use me in the way that you want to use me. Can I tell you something? Pam and I, when we were younger, we didn't miss any church services. Matter of fact, during the week, we looked for church services to go to. Why? Because it was a period of revival. You know, back during the, the teaching era, we still had that in us, and if someone was going to come and teach the word, we'd go. But it wasn't as critical because, you know what, it wasn't like we wanted to. It, now, it depends on who moved. Sometimes God would have us move with some certain services. You know, David was caught up in the Holy Ghost, and light was flowing through him. And guess what? That is, a, that is happening now in some circles where light, liquid light is being displayed. Go ahead and serve the people. Liquid light is being displayed. Holy, he was frozen in the Holy Ghost. You know what God does? There was a day he didn't want to go to church and was fighting me tooth and nail. And guess what the ushers did? They didn't know David was pissed, angry. They sat us in the front row. I'm usually not a front row person. He sat us in the front row. And he, and he, said, I, he said, what do I do? He said, sleep then. I don't care. So I woke up after the Holy Ghost. The preacher called him up. Now, it wasn't just any preacher. It was Ed Dufresne. Ed Dufresne was a man's man type of preacher. He was not, he was not plain spoken. He was very plain spoken and, and, and uh, very crude. He said, there are men in here who are nothing but panty waist. You better get up here. I mean, that's what he'd say. And it's like, all right. Tiptoeing through the tulips, I mean, he was like, he'd, really, he'd, 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 he'd give you a thrashing if you didn't respond. He'd call out men to respond to the Holy Ghost. And so what would happen was the power of the Holy Ghost would move through this man because he, he had a prophetic mantle for giving, you know what, the first time I came across this guy, that's the man I told you that dipped his hand in oil. And he didn't just dab you. He said, you know what, I'm not a little dabble, do you? He had a bowl of oil. And he dipped his hand in there. And it was back in the 80s, so you have your pompadour. And I would move my head sometimes when people were anointing. Or the 80s? Yeah. I know. I'm oh, I kept it. I'm David and I changed now. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, what happened is he dipped his hand and he goes, Wah! It felt like 220 volts of electricity hit me. I flew back against some chairs because they had chairs set up in this little room. And, and all I remember is just hit, getting hit. Thank you. Getting hit with that power. And he said, God has called you to my ministry. You're going to function with an, explosive, with an explosive anointing. I said, okay. But I had to pick myself up. I was laying on top of chairs. The usher said, I couldn't catch you. Now, I've always been big. So, I mean, he couldn't catch me anyway. Whatever. I was being prepared to hit the ground some way. But I didn't know what he Bam! I get up and my head's all flat. I'm dripping with oil. And, and so... You know, I get up, I was thinking about that first, but, you know, then I get up and I'm thinking, oh, explosive anointing. That's, that was God. You know, and rarely do I go down, but that was, bam, that's just the type of person that moves. See, you have your expressions too. If you're reserved, don't fight trying to be like something else. Just begin to share. Talk to people. Change, enter, get the kingdom of God touch their lives. See, we're going to get into reconciliation and redemption hopefully next week, 
because I wanted to talk about your past having to relate. Can I tell you something? A lot of us have memories of our past, and they're not good. Get them out. You know the fastest way to get them out? Don't let them come out of your mouth. Let the blessing of God come out of your mouth. Not unless you're going to laugh at the others. But don't, but don't bring it up laughing to yourself in a mean way. Because a lot of times they say, oh, I remember when you used to slap me silly. Shut up. That's not what you're going to do. It's the truth. We don't bring up the past. Because see, what Jesus never brought up the past. If you forgive like Jesus did, it means that you never bring it up again. Don't be hurtful. See? And this is what we do. The bread was given that we might be well. You know that part of your healing will take place when you release the past? We have to. There has to be a viable, visible change in you. Release the past. Get, you know what? Get off the cross. Jesus already died. Your people, are, your family and friends and all your enemies are already forgiven if they know Christ. You want to throw it in the devil's face? The people that were your enemies, bring them to Jesus. That'll show whether you truly change. Don't get mad at God if he saves your enemies. You're like the angels who rejoice. Listen. By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. The crown of thorns that were placed on his head were to heal you <coughs> and give you peace of mind as you release the past. All things are become new. Take the bread. The blood of Jesus forgave us of all and cleansed us of all our sins. He cleansed your past. You know what? There's some of you in here who have to let God off the hook because, see, God is the author of life. Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something that's the truth. God will receive your loved ones into heaven, but God didn't take them. But many of us have not been on our post. And can I tell you something? There's such a thing as people just getting tired of fighting, and they choose to go. And that's hard. I had an aunt who I wanted to bring her back just so much because of other reasons. And, I, and she told me she was in a partial coma, and she would squeeze my hand. Well, I told her, squeeze, and, and, and blink with your eyes and tell me. And she told me she wanted to go. And I said, yeah, but she, was, she, she said, no. Her eyes are just moving, no. And I said, so you want to leave, so let's pray, get you right with God. She had been saved, and I said, you know what, then... You know, for an abundant entrance into the kingdom of heaven, let's do this. And we prayed, and I, let, and, and I left. And it was funny, it's because as I was coming up the elevator, the room was full of relatives. They were coming down, and I had a moment all to myself. God gives us opportunity like that, Pam and I, when we pray. And we had experience with that with her, with her cousin, who I went to school with. And we went visiting, and all the family had left. Pam got to share with him, we got to share with him, and we were going to see him. And so the blood of Jesus cleanses of all unrighteousness. He sets us right with God. And the blood is always working because he reconciled the world into himself. That's part of the reconciliation we're going to talk about. Take the cup. Now, that was good. I know. Now, those of you who, as we come into this next phase of ministry, you want to be, you want, you know that you have a ministry that you want to kick off. I want it all to come under the auspices of the home base. Let me know what your desire is. You know what? There is no desire that's too weird. Because all desire, you know what? When God puts something in your heart to reach people, then it's all 
it's all viable. And 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 so I'm not you. I might choose some of you to work certain meetings, but if you've got something to be a leader, if you're going to be a leader and God's wanting you to kick something off, then let me know. Then we'll help you put it all together, and I'll be able to include it at the beginning with the paperwork that we're putting together for what we're about to unleash. And so just mention it to me. I'm not going to tell you what to do anything yet. I just want to set it up so that we can do that, and then we can implement and give you all the tools to make it successful. I don't care if you want to make clothes for people. And that's, that'll, that's, that's powerful. Okay? Father, I, I think... Any what? Well, praise the Lord. See? And, and, and I'll have a boutique. So, Father, thank you for your presence that's in here so richly, Father. Thank you. Oh, Lord, we honor you. We thank you. We magnify your holy name. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the word. Holy Ghost, we thank you for being in, the, in our midst today. And let everybody be healed right now. Everybody in this place receive healing and strength to their bodies. Someone's been having these low-level headaches that just are disturbing you, and I command those headaches to leave right now. The cause of those things, we arrest them and say, go, in Jesus' name. Someone just said, it's, if you only get this person off my back, my headache will, the headache will be gone. No, it has nothing to do with that person. It's how you receive the person. God is saying right now, release that person to his hands, to his hands, and you'll see that those headaches leave. If people don't give you a headache, people don't get you sick, people don't get on your nerves unless you allow them. So in Jesus' name, be free of that. Father, thank you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Someone's, saying, uh, someone's afraid of getting the flu this, this year. You're seeing some people go, no, in Jesus' name, you, we, we're putting a no trespassing sign over you. No flu in Jesus' name. No flu in Jesus' name. No flu in Jesus' name. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood over you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you. There's no time for you all to get the flu. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We honor you. Amen. Let's prepare to receive this evening, this morning's tithes and offerings. Hey, listen, I'm still, I'm still looking for a place. If you guys see buildings, uh, houses, whatever, then let me know. Huh? Oh, you know what? I left the me- I left the message with that man. You sent me the number, right? Or you did? Someone sent me a number that for that, and I left them two messages, and I haven't got any calls back. No, yes. I given it okay. Well, somebody else sent it to me by email. Oh, Mary yesterday. Yeah. He left the Community Center, um, and he got his building. Pastor Chuck? Jane was telling me, yeah, but so she, talk, she talked to me specifically about, maybe you're looking into that one, she was telling me that um, it has a place where we can store, like, the sound equipment. It has the kitchen. It's got a place, and the kitchen come with, the, the kitchen cabinets come with lots of so there's a place where you can lock up your stuff and do your cabinet. With another place where you can do probably like the little kids ministry out of, but then it, it divides up into like a fully functioning kitchen. It opens up, um, and they make all of that available to you. She didn't tell me how much, but she said um, that Pastor David knows that that is now available. And they were so used to him. They functioned out of that place for two years, and she said they never had a problem with computing babes and blah, blah, blah. It was very, very smooth. Okay. And I was one of the things he was reluctant, you know, reluctant to, to leave a place that 
Okay. It'll be something to check out. I'll call Pastor Chuck to find out what he, what's up there. Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. Um, glory to your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Matter of fact, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, um, don't have any announcements or anything. Any announcements that we should know about? Nothing. Okay. And so, um, the Big Bear trip, the kids are planning they're going to change it for some things. And so, that, that's the only thing that's changed right now. But Father, we do honor you and we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that those that release, Father, those that have a desire to release but can't, Father, put the seed into their hands. Your word said that you give seed to the sower. So we thank you that your word is true. But Father, also, we thank you that as we begin to trust you in the tithe and we begin to trust you to release what's in our hands, those things that you've asked us to do, Father, that you bless the people abundantly. I pray, Father, for uh, such an open door of harvest time in this, in this time. I pray for manifestations of the harvest into their lives. I pray and release in the name of Jesus, by the authority of Jesus' name, that God begin to open doors that were not open, that favor surround them as with a shield as never before. That, Father, increase comes into their life. Opportunities for increase. But, Father, thank you that even money comes into their life that was not, that they didn't know would come. And, Father, I thank you that found money comes, Father, that, 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 that people just reach out to them and say, you know what, you blessed me in the past and I've been looking for you for several years that that money come to you. Lord, thank you. The house that we're in, Father, Linda's house, Father, the blessing of Obed-Edom, Father, that everything she puts her hands to prospers. The Father, that people search her out just to bless her. We thank you, Lord, that she makes room for the house of God. And, Father, thank you for opening those doors for her of opportunity in every place that she puts her hand to prospers. And, Father, that you surround her with favor as with a shield to the people that she meets, Father. And, Lord, that even in, the, in, in that, that, that which she receives, Father, will be more than she's ever had in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we give you praise and give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Father, even for Miss Esther, Father, doors of opportunity, doors of opportunity open up in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're, we're at the beginning of something new, church. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May make his face to shine upon you. As he, listen, thank you. As you receive him, receive his grace and graciousness. Oh, he's there with you right now. Don't, don't ever doubt that God's not with you. And in the name of Jesus, as he lifts his countenance to you, receive the peace, the shalom, shalom of God, nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. And I call those things that seem iffy, the mechanical things that seem iffy in, in your house and, 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 and the vehicles. And I, and I say, Father, Thank you for open doors to fix. And, Father, thank you for smoothing out those things because you're, you're our God and, every, and all things are possible if we believe. So in Jesus' name, Father, thank you for supplying every need in this place. Amen. Church, you are dismissed. Julio's over there. So go ahead and give it to Julio. More healing? There you go. <laughs> Take a bite.
about a thousand lifetimes to live it down. Wear it down. Hey, down. Stay
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.